welcome back to our 50th count them 50 episodes man it's been it's wow i can't even believe that it's been 50 episodes already so many things have happened and so many other things are going to happen all of them good but first i want to give a shout out to ashley for shouting us out on her instagram page you know it's not every day that you see someone shouting you out. So big shout out to Ashley for shouting us out on Instagram. Please follow us on at shooting bricks podcast on Instagram so that, you know, you can hop in and join all the fun. But as always, I'm Jerry Castillo and I'm joined by. I'm Daniel Wayne. Uh, before I, before we get really deep here, I just wanted to first reaffirm our stance on behalf of this podcast in support of the African-American community. We stand in support and are grateful for the verdict that was given out yesterday. Justice has hopefully been served, but this is not the end. This is only the beginning. Black Lives Matter and joining us as well. Absolutely. It feels so good to be back. I felt like the rock there for a second because, you know, he always comes into a new stadium, new city. He says, and finally, Rally Rail is back. But just echoing what Daniel just previously said, justice has been served, but it will be continuously getting served like the lunch lady serving you your food, your kids food Monday through Friday at your local elementary through high school. You feel what I'm saying? Big shout out to all the April's ba- April babies out there. Birthday just passed April 17th. Big shout out to Candace Parker. Her birthday was yesterday. I love you, Candace. Let's get you on the episode. But it's Big 5-0. It's your boy, Rally Rail, Jarrell Sales. And of course we have Yo, what up? This is Skylar Treple. Uh, great to have G back. And absolutely, rest in peace, George Floyd. Grateful for the verdict yesterday. But it is just the beginning of the work. And uh, yesterday was a great example of accountability and some justice. Justice would be George Floyd still being here today. And let's just keep doing the work. Let's keep supporting each other. Let's keep loving each other. Black Lives Matter forever and always. And it is episode 50. Let's go. Let's do it. This is big. Happy to be here, and uh, we got a little special announcement coming in a second. Yeah, absolutely, Skylar. Thanks for bringing that up. Great segue. And speaking of segues, you did mention episode 50. We're throwing everyone here for a little bit of a a curveball, because this episode, Skylar is going to be hosting, and the rest of us, we're going to be the co-hosts. So, Skylar, how are you feeling? Good, man. Uh, Excited to be doing this. Exciting to, you know, be a part of the podcast and join up with you guys. Obviously, uh, later on in in January, so maybe that was, oh man, episode 30, something like that. Who knows? But anyways, uh, it's been a real joy. Lots of fun. Excited to be doing this. Exciting to, you know, change up the format. Get to interview you guys. We always share our stuff. Everybody knows, you know, the different perspectives that we bring and whatnot. So today it's it's time to actually share some stuff about the podcast, who we are. Y'all will see in the video, I wore a suit jacket with a t-shirt and my chain for it. So uh, should be a real fun time. So let's get into it, guys. What inspired you guys? to want to create and be a part of this podcast. And what do you feel makes shooting bricks different? So I think just going off of the first bit, what inspired me to create this podcast? Well, back in 2017, I was listening to the No Dunks guys, formerly the starters, and I love their podcast. I love the things that they did on NBA TV, the stuff they did on YouTube. And I just figured, you know what? They're having such a blast just talking about basketball. I can probably do something like that. And so since 2017, I've been thinking about ways to cultivate that, you know, that thought into reality. And obviously, because it's 2017, I was still in college at the time. I didn't really know what I wanted to do or how I was going to go about this. So I put it on the back burner. I had a few names. I had a few ideas of what to call it and how I would approach it. But I just never really had the time. That being said, when I got to USC, shout out USC, they something kind of like I don't know what the term is, but it just kind of happened. Um, I signed up for one of USC Annenberg's kind of podcasts, and they were like, hey, we need someone to host a professional sports podcast, the, fir- the very first one on our network. And I was like, shoot, I'll do it. And so I was like, I have no idea how to do any of this, but I'll just learn on the fly. I'll learn how to edit. I'll learn how to, to do notes. I'll learn how to do everything by myself. And it was an arduous process, but... 
it was extremely fun. I enjoyed it so much, and that's where I met Daniel. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's kind of an interesting story. So it was, well, okay, some background. So uh, for a while, I wanted to when I was at USC, I would, you know, I was experimenting for a long time for uh, with broadcast journalism, and something, you know, podcasting was a format that I was aware of at the time, but like, you know, it was an interesting. A point to me but it was something like i just never i kind of wanted to do it out of um out of curiosity and you know it just everything kind of happened very randomly personally looking back i didn't know what what the f i was doing so people were just offering me sh and you know kudos to a to an old colleague sarah co thank you she offered me the, the place on the the pro sports pod and you know i just said it fine I'll, I'll join like what it can't it can't really hurt so i mean that's when i met jared then i uh we met our our old colleague Todd mayfield and then we we kind of hit it off uh the the podcast was you know it was it was a new format but as as time went went on it became my format of choice i think it just fit me so well because admittedly you know i like to talk so much and sometimes i don't I'm not really ready to shut up. So it, you know, it was, it was, it was all sailing from there. The, the, the triple team podcast lasted for a, a, a good, a good school year. 21 episodes. Well, huh? 21 episodes. 21 episodes. It was a, for a first podcast, it was a, it was a fantastic start. And then, you know, and then after that, when the school year ended, it was all over. So, and then, you know, I kind of missed it. And then Jared comes to me one day and, you know, he offers me the shooting bricks podcast, but not just any like, you know, podcast. He offers me you know, a place on the podcast with my old school buddy, Jarrell, uh, who I went to middle school with. And I'm like, you know, hell yeah. So like, I have nothing to lose here. It, it will be, I was, uh, you know, it will be a fun thing to work on the side. So, you know what? Yeah. I said, I accepted it and that's where we are today. And, it, it's 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 been a good ride so far it's I, I could not believe that we got to 50 but you know that's how i ended up here that's where i got uh pretty dope uh inspiring backstories here um and as i was listening to uh both of you guys talk about um the early stages of this podcast before it transformed into the shooting books podcast i i recall in 2019 um listening to the podcast uh, jared would send me the links and I'll be on my way to a, a adult basketball league at Cal State Long Beach, my alma mater. Uh, shout out to the beach. But uh, yeah, and I was like, yeah, this this is actually interesting, like going on. You guys have a, a unique dynamic. Uh, things seem well. Um, then we get into a pandemic where a lot of our creativity started to occur. And uh, Jared and I, uh, we're really close. We talk a lot. And he was like, man, I'm, I'm thinking about creating this podcast um, at the time. Uh, I was doing Entertainment's Paradise. I would occasionally do a, a Lakers video here or there. And he knows I know sports. I coached. I played. Yada, yada. This and that. He was like, hey, man, so you you willing to be a part of this? I was like, absolutely. Talking sports. Uh, initially, uh, the Shooting Bricks podcast was uh, geared towards sports in general and video games. Um, okay. So when we were in the processes of um, in the process of coming up with names, I was throwing out names like initially which like shooting bricks uh chopping sticks or hitting sticks something like that to kind of have point a play four. on words uh oh ah, nah, yeah, that's that one of the names oh yeah that was one of the, the names but i remember that 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 uh combination of gaming and and and, and uh, bat, uh sports was kind of the idea we were we, I, I was at least going with and of course daniel with point four shout out to be fish let's get you on a podcast big 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 fella out there but um yeah, I, and then we was like, wait a minute, shooting bricks. That's that's the ultimate name for this podcast. Because you know, think about it. Uh, I know that Skylar's gonna have this question down the line with, when it comes to like the importance of podcasting and whatnot. But um, we we live podcasts. We live a podcast. Think about going to the gym and just shooting shooting some shots with the homies before you play a pickup game. And that's ultimately what we wanted uh, to bring to the world and what's needed to be brought to the world. Uh, us having enjoyment in speaking and talking about sports with our passion and connecting it to other things. So I think that aspect, as well as the community aspect between us as a group, kind of inspired us, um, at least inspired me to want to continue to um, venture into this world. Cause I'm not, I'm no journalist. Um, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm an amateur at that, but um, yeah. 
this this is something that's awesome and i feel like i've grown within it um not only just uh as a person and being able to articulate myself on a mic but also as a as a content creator with the shooting bricks podcast as well as entertainment's paradise shout out to entertainment's paradise right and i think ultimately to answer your scholar's second point uh what what do i feel makes this uh podcast different it's because we all know each other like you just heard there are very different ways of us of how we connected and somehow we're still connected through that connection right like i met Great. daniel through usc daniel knows jarell from way back in the day and i know jarell from undergrad so it's like that weird triangle effect you know it just we're all connected in some way we didn't know how and by harnessing what we know of each other and how we can bring out the best out of each other that that's just what makes it different and also you guys can attest to this the different the different styles and the different opinions we all have i mean yeah we have we sometimes say outlandish things but someone out there is going to agree with us and if they don't agree with us there's four of us that they can talk to or at least latch onto. so i think that's what ultimately makes us different like yeah you know I say X, Y, Z, Dan says A, B, C, and Jarrell says the next three alphabet letters, whatever. But at the same time, it allows them to figure out who they want to latch onto this week and then find someone else next week because people are different. People have different opinions and obviously things change over time. So I think that's what I feel at least makes our podcast different. I mean, if you guys have anything else to add. I just wanted to add when we were doing the triple team podcast, uh, I mean, I wasn't aware that Jared was good friends with Jarrell and I'm going to be honest. Uh, I was one, like, I, like it was, it's kind of weird, but to admit, but I wonder what the hell happened to you, Jarrell. Uh, and, and it's like, it was, it was like, I wonder where, where you landed in life. So it's, it's a coincidence that, uh, that we landed back together and I'm forever grateful for that. But props to what Jared said, um, what, what makes us so different is that we're we're so familiar with each other, and for the most part, like we 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 we're really cool on the personal level. Oh, yeah, yeah. That that's that's really funny because um, I think on the back end, Jared 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 wasn't aware. I mean, I honestly, I think we all kind of knew each other before this happened because I feel like in undergrad, initially you were at at the beach, Daniel, and we kind of I kind of introduced you to Jared a little bit. Now that I think about it. In our poli sci class, Jared. Was it poli sci? I think I remember. Yes, it was poli sci. I think I remember. That's, that's how we met because I said by you, we both looked at each other's shoes like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and Daniel after class, hey, Jarrell, Lakers, yada, yada. I was like, hey, it's, it's, it's the homie, Daniel, this homie, Jared. So, uh, really yeah. Quickly, man. I think one of the other things that we connected on was the fact that we watched Netflix every single class because we were like all the way in the back. <laughs> And so the dude was like talking about whatever and like, all right, cool. Yeah. Oh, what's on Netflix. All right, cool. Yeah. And then we just kind of like shared Rex that way. So true. Crazy. True, true, awesome. True. Awesome. Well, that's a, that's a superhero origin story. <laughs> if I've ever heard one, uh, that's really great stuff. Fun to hear it. And, you know, on my end, just uh, appreciate the experience of, of getting to be a part of it. Obviously through, through zoom, we haven't even gotten the chance to meet. So it's just yeah. been chatting and, and getting to know each other and, uh, and watching you guys grow and getting to be a part of that on my end. I came on as a guest and just enjoyed the vibe. I've always enjoyed chatting ball. And, uh, you know, it's it's a good vibe recording this podcast for sure. And it's good times. Yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. no doubt. And so, no, definitely. And it's it's great that we all have our different opinions. And you can always find somebody to latch onto. And speaking of latching onto... We all latched on to basketball at some point in our lives. Right. And so what I want to know with you guys is what in the first place inspired you guys to get into basketball? You guys want to take that one first? Because it's going to take uh, me a while. I can get started. So uh, to answer your question the best I can, Scholar, my love of basketball began on a um, – Let's say spring night in the in the year two thousand four, the Lakers went fifty six and twenty six. That that season, it was Shaq and Kobe's last year, I believe. It was me and my brother. We were brushing our teeth, ready to go to the bed. And the first time I ever laid my eyes on a basketball game was on KCAL nine. The Lakers were on the road against Portland. They, I think it was a close affair, and the Lakers won that one. It would be the last 
time they would win in Portland for a number of years. Uh, I just remember Shaq's imposing body and the, these like like I was just wondering like what are these guys in purple and golden were doing soon that it then I it became watching basketball eventually became a habit and eventually by the by two, by the year third grade came 2006 I was a full blown basketball fan and that's how I practically got started watching basketball it was my my love of basketball fully took off in middle school I was. Uh, well, it took off in fifth grade. That was like the 2008 Kobe, Pau Gasol. That was the first time I began studying the game in detail. Um, and then middle school, I met Jarrell. And that's where our fandom really, that's where my fandom at least really ex- exploded. That's when I became knowledgeable about the game. That's when I discovered my passion for basketball for the first time. And 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 other than that, it was what it was the first time that I ever saw my sports team win a championship, you know, back in 2009, Jarrell, you kind of remember this. I like you called me you know, when the Lakers won one game, game five, the 2009 NBA finals. So yeah, it's long story short. That's kind of how I got involved in the game of basketball. And that's, that's what kind of inspired me to watch it. It was, it was a basically effective, you know, of habit. And then, and then like, I found a community of people of kids at the time that loved it. And then we, we kind of shared it. It was also a good mix of Kobe and, you know, in all honesty, it's a, it was a plethora of things. It, it was basketball was just, was just the byproduct of my childhood. Awesome. Um, you want to go Jared? Or you want me to go? Yeah, I could go. Um, because mine is a little bit more nebulous at that. Uh, I don't necessarily know what inspired me to get into basketball because for the longest time, it's always been a part of my life. Um, Growing up in Saudi Arabia, we didn't get a lot of news. We didn't get a lot of sports. The only things that we did get kind of through the wire was basketball. And I can't remember the year. I can't recall, but I don't know if it was highlights or an actual game, but the first thing I've ever seen of anything basketball related was the old Warriors jersey. And to me, it was like, that's super sick. Like, I've never seen anything like that. I was like two or three at the time. And I had no idea what was what these dudes were going, these massive men running across, a, you know, a parquet floor at 20 miles an hour dunking on people. Like, I didn't know any of that. I was like, this is so interesting. I've never seen this. And so as as that started to simmer in the back of my head, you know, I went through my life. And then when I went to the Philippines, uh, like early in the 2000s, my older cousin had a PlayStation, PlayStation 1, and he had like NBA Live or something like that. One of those games. And I remember my brother and I would play. I would always pick the Warriors. He'd pick the Spurs. And he would just destroy me. But I'm like, I'm having fun playing as the Warriors. And, you know, the early 2000s, the Warriors were trash. And so... As I got older, I my fandom for the Warriors just started to grow and grow and grow. You know, 2007 was an all-time high. 2008 was an extremely disappointing year. Won 48 games, didn't make the playoffs because I think the playoffs that year in 2008 was what, like 50 wins got you the eighth seed, something like that, something crazy. And then 2009 happens, nothing cool. 2010, 2009, 2010 happens, Stephen Curry's there, and I'm like, ooh. And initially, I didn't know a lot about Stephen Curry, but one of my classmates at the time, her name is Celine, she was a Spurs fan, and she had a crush on Stephen Curry. And I was like, Stephen Curry? Who's this guy? And she's like, oh, he's on the Warriors. You should check him out. And I'm like, okay. So I did a little bit of digging. You know, the internet back then was crap. So I had to, you know, do whatever I can through Wikipedia and Google, make sh- making sure I didn't go any into any weird sites or whatever. But like... I looked up Stephen Curry and I just fell in love with this dude. Like he put up big numbers. He impressed LeBron James when he was at Davidson. Uh, this dude was just something else. And then 2012, you know, his injury riddled season, Monta Ellis getting traded. I was just so livid. And I think that's when my, the thing that was simmering in the back of my head about basketball became a true passion because I was, once I saw Monta Ellis get traded in a weird way, that was kind of fortuitous for me because that just awakened my true love for basketball and all the intricacies of basketball and why my, I guess my favorite player at the time, uh, at least favorite player to watch at the time got traded. And so I think that's what kind of helped me evolve into, you know, the 
basketball person that I am now. I don't know if that answers your question, Skylar, but at least that's what absolutely getting into basketball. Absolutely. No, great answers all around. Gee, I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say next, man. Yeah, this is, this is very amazing. Just how the, the gift of basketball kind of how it chooses you, like you don't choose it. It chooses you. Um, and I think what, what I found was interesting is kind of the same thing as far as the video game goes. Um, I was very in tune with sports initially. I'm not going to lie. I thought I wanted to be a baseball player, but that's a story for another podcast episode, another time. But anyways, I was always in tune with video games and NBA live. Yeah. Not just NBA live, but even the other games, just the culture of basketball was thriving within, uh, video games in the early 2000s. We had NBA Live, we had NBA Ballers, we had NBA Street. There were so many different video games, but I think the NBA Live, the announcers, the um, the slam dunk contest, the players like AI, Vince Carter, Kobe Bryant, it was so many amazing players at the time. And, and it, like I said, the culture, the the cars, the the them being in, uh, NBA players being in TV shows, music videos. I think the culture is what first like engulfed me into uh, basketball, like enjoying it. And I think there was different segments of my life that different aspects of basketball really inspired me even more so initially it was in the video game aspect then it became the nba the actual watching uh games um i think i i consider myself a late bloomer like i always enjoyed basketball but my passion really didn't come until seeing kobe uh struggle in 05 and 06 but still leading trash players like trash players not gonna name drop but anyways and, and seeing them lose against the Celtics and seeing the rivalry go, go on within this, this basketball community, uh, just understanding that. Because I had family members that played video games and they will always play with the Celtics. Um, and I'll go to school and I'll kind of lack the understanding of this rivalry. But seeing them lose, I had uh, my half brother is a Celtics fan. Um, um, and initially I was like, ah, maybe I might be riding with the Celtics. And I get a lot of hate for this. But I was picking my team and I love Kobe. I love Kobe from that time of him repeating Froby, all of that. But I was I was debating between the Lakers and, 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 the, and the Celtics at the time. But when the Celtics beat the Lakers in, in 08, I undoubtedly knew that the Lakers was my team. And it came to a point where I used to watch basketball games. I watched every every game that season. I watched every every Lakers game since then. <laughs> I don't miss games. Until I tell you guys I, I miss out on playing video games because I want to watch the Lakers. I got to at least watch quarter. I got to at least watch the end. I got to at least see the highlights. So I watch dark days, good times. I've always watched the Lakers ever since that year. Um, that will be the second segment. That third segment is actually playing the sport. I found an enjoyment of being out there on the court. Um to, to, to the point where I told myself that I wanted to be in the NBA. Unfortunately, that did not happen. Uh, there's a lot that goes into that, but I still enjoy playing. I still enjoy playing in adult leagues competitively. I still enjoy seeing that ball go through the net. I still enjoy yeah. uh, uh, the, ther yeah. the, ther the therapy you get from shooting the ball. I know, I know that there's times where I'm super upset and I go out to the gym and I can't hit the shot, but that emotion that I have, with, with, which helps me to uh, cope with things. And I feel like uh, all glory to God that I'm able to still be here today um, with the right mindset, not being able to play basketball 2K because that's all I'm getting. You see the vein coming out here. But um, <laughs> yeah, so like I said, initially video games, then it came to the actual watching these, these, these games on TV, um, learning the stats. Then it came to a point of me playing from middle school, uh, actually elementary school, fourth and fifth grade, all the way through high school, even to, to this day. But then it switched to me getting a coaching lens, right? I became a coach, travel ball, rec leagues. And I feel like those four stages of my life, video games, actually watching the NBA, to actually playing, to coaching, I feel like all of those just gave me a different aspect of the game, a different love of the game, because I've experienced it in so many different realms. So it's all stemmed from a video game, but I think my inspiration uh, towards basketball continues to grow and it just continues to find different avenues to feed that passion. Wow. Absolutely. You know, uh, one thing particularly that I like that you said, G, and thank you all for sharing such an amazing stories and, and diverse stories. And this really should show uh, one of the beauties of basketball is how it brings different people together. Like it really, really does. I mean, you just look at this, you know, it's amazing. 
And so, G, you said basketball chooses you. I was watching Kung Fu Panda the other day, someone recommended, and uh, there's a line in the movie, and it says your destiny often finds you when you're not looking for it. And I feel like something interesting with basketball is even if you try to move away from it, it, it always finds a way to find you again once you fell in love that first time. And so that's something I think that that we all share. You know, I know for me, it was uh, seeing Space Jam. When I was three years old, uh, I saw Space Jam in theaters, sunny day with my mom and grandma. And then Kobe Bryant was drafted the same year. And I wanted him to be my Michael Jordan that I grew up with since Jordan was on his way out. And so anyways, that was that was really special. And uh, I know that, you know, Kobe Bryant has definitely provided me my all time favorite basketball moment I'll get into. But first, I really want to hear for all of you guys. What is your favorite all time NBA moment? Oh, NBA. Oh, OK. Because I thought it was just like our our all time favorite basketball memory. Um, Welcome if- to share that, too. Okay, I'll do the the all-time favorite NBA memory first uh, or moment. Um I guess it was in 2015 just winning that championship after what, 40 some odd years at that point. Exactly or, yeah. 40. Yeah, it was t- 1975 with Rick Barry and all of them. And then 2015, nobody expected us to win 65 or 67 games. Excuse me. I didn't expect us to win 67 games, but the Warriors did because shout out Steve Kerr for unlocking that, that fantastic ball movement, heavy motion offense that is the, is the one offense that no one can guard. And you know that I don't think there's a particular moment, but just seeing everyone lift that trophy, even though I still, I still argue that Stephen Curry should have won finals MVP. Because Andre Godala held LeBron James to like 30 points on like 48, 40, and like 80% shooting or something like that. Something crazy. So, yeah, you know, give it to Steph. It's fine. I, yeah, I even wrote a piece about this. But um, outside of the NBA, I have two favorite moments. Uh, so when I was in middle school, I was part of the uh, basketball team. And we didn't win a lot of games. We won two. Uh, we had nine games. We won two. We won two and seven. Math. But... In one of the games, time was running down, and I was inbounded the ball. I was I was objectively the fastest kid on the team, so they gave me the ball to see if I can hit a bucket. And so what had happened was they gave me the ball, and I looked at the clock. It was like at 0.5 ticks, and I let it go just past half court, you know, the circle, just past that, between the circle and three-point line. I let it go. It goes in. We're all screaming, yeah, whatever, cool. And I can't remember a time when I was that happy hitting a buzzer beater to seal the game. Cause we were up by, I think five or something. And they were just like, Hey, just chuck it. See what happens. I'm like, all right, cool. And then I did, it goes in. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Oh my God. And so that moment of joy, the pure adulation that I got is rivaled by the fact that in college and gee, we were on the same college team in, uh, at, at Long Beach, right? The uh, the year we won the the championship, I had back to back games when I had when I scored eighteen points on six of twelve shooting from three point land. That's the hottest I've been, and that's the hottest I will ever be. And I wish I can go back to that time just because again, adulation and the heat of the moment. You just when you're on, you're on. And so those are my technically three all time favorite basketball moments. But beautiful. Uh. I don't particularly have a favorite basketball moment, but three very significant events come to mind. Uh, the, for the first one, we go, yes, I'm taking you all back in time. It's the year 2006. My cousin Kim is taking me to my first ever NBA game ever. It was the Lakers and Clippers. The Clippers were, you know, they were good that year. Uh, the Clippers were playoff bound. They were actually better. I think they believe they were better than the Lakers that season. But anyways, the, the Lakers and you know the Lakers eventually, even though they lost one night, um, one particular magical moment that has always stuck with me. It was I forgot I don't know when in the game it was, but I think it was around third quarter. Kobe steals the ball and makes a breakaway dunk, and and the crowd just goes crazy. And it's a, it was it was a pretty you know inconsequential moment, but it was the crowd was so crazy and like I just it. The, the loudness of the arena was was just it was just it was contagious at that point and it it, it just it just that memory never left me and that was the game where I uh, uh, to this day I still have a 
um, a a toy number eight ball that I've never gotten rid of. And it's still with me since. Um, the the next moment I wanted to get down was the eighty one point game. Uh, looking back mm. now, like two thousand six for my relationship between me and basketball was a pretty magical year. So the eighty, it was me and my family and I were out. We're, we were out for dinner that day, that night, and then like my brother suddenly tells me like, "Hey, we gotta get to the TV once we got home." Kobe's Kobe's making a record like a record night. And then we just sat there. And for the next hour, I was just, just in awe. Kobe, like, we were just, like, we were just guessing, like, hey, how many points is Kobe going to score? And, and you know, my basketball knowledge was was in its infancy at this point. But it was that night where when I heard the crowd, like, the crowd chants, Kobe, Kobe, Kobe. That was the first time I realized just how Kobe, how good Kobe was. And that Kobe was just, was, was literally like a god. And then, obviously, the my final favorite moment was, you know, the 2009 NBA championship. That was the first time I ever saw my, any of my sports teams go all the way. And the, the journey of, you know, st- beginning of the season, you know, coming off the bitter defeat the previous year in six games, blowing, being blown, blown and defeated that hard in, in Beantown, just to go through the whole journey of, you know, getting to 65 wins and then, um, getting into a surprise game seven against Houston in the second, I believe it was the second round. And then, you know, the whole journey of, you know, just getting there and like, you know, like kind of being relieved that Cleveland didn't make the finals that year. Uh, and, you know, like it, like seeing, you know, Lamar Odom and his, in his candy replica of the Larry O'Brien trophy and the celebration, it was the jubilation behind of it. Like it, it it's like obviously never left me. And then obviously like though it was, it was a beautiful conclusion. I just very still remember to this day, the parade, like it was just a beautiful day. Amazing. Hey, hey you brought so much memories back when that 09, 2010, like years, Lamar Odom was dating Khloe Kardashian. Anyways, I digress. All times. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> These are amazing moments. Uh, there's so many moments that I can share. I'm going to share about seven. I'm just playing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but I, I do want to go with uh, one in particular. Um, I think w- one of my favorite moments is an accumulation of moments. Like, I didn't make my basketball team in middle school, sixth, seventh, eighth grade. I, I trained I trained hard. Um, I, don't, I think if I, was, if I know what I know now, as a coach, as going through the process, like if I was there to mentor myself at that age, I would be so much better, but I didn't make it. Um, I didn't make it my ninth grade year, but then I made it my 10th grade year. My 10th grade year, uh, I made it. Um, I had to go play in a rec league in ninth grade and dominate in there for the coach at my high school to come see me and like, ah, oh, yeah, we got to get this kid on the team. Um, and one of my favorite moments is that moment where I get the goosebumps, where I feel kind of nervous. I feel kind of scared, but I'm able to perform. Um, there happened to be a fight at one of our games my sophomore year, a big fight um, with our freshman team. Um, to, they, they went at it. It came to a point where everybody had to exit the gym unless you were a parent of one of those players uh, for the game. And this team that we played against had like a 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six guy. At the time, in 10th grade, I was probably all 5'9", five, 5'10", five, maybe. Uh, and I gave this guy buckets. I gave him buckets. I had my career high, 18 points, 10 rebounds. Uh, we lost. Uh, it was a, a we needed a game tying three, and our one of our players missed it. But I think that has to be one of my favorite moments as far as basketball goes. Um, in addition to that, I'm not going to go too deep into it, but um, finding my passion for playing basketball. Uh, I believe my high school coaches, if they're listening to this, I can tell it to their faces. They they ripped my passion away from playing basketball to the point where in my senior year, I chose to to quit the team to just focus on my academics. Um, because I've had coaches talk down to me, tell me I'm not going to amount to anything when it comes to basketball and not knowing that this is still a passion of mine, something that I, I enjoy. So finding that passion in other realms, coaching, um, playing as far as an adult, I think that has to be a great memory for me because I face adversity. I'm not Kobe Bryant, but that's my Kobe moment right there. I faced something that kind of took me out of it and I was able to find my passion again and come back even, even stronger to the point where I'm ducking. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm winning uh, uh, adult leagues with with my homie Jared. 
I'm dropping uh, 20 points at the Anaheim Rec League. Shout out to Cesario and Jingles. Um, also, shout out to, um, since I brought that up, I'm happy that they were able to find my friend, uh, Aaron Jingles, his uh, sister, because she was missing. So just big shout out to that. That kind of just weighed on my mind. Um, basketball moments. Uh, initially, I was going to roll with uh, the Lakers winning in, in, in 09, but I'm going to actually roll with 2018. Uh, everybody knows me as a, as a basketball fan growing up. You love basketball. You love Lakers. You love Kobe. But you've never been to a Lakers game. You've never been to a basketball game. Um, and I was blessed. My, my dad's coworker had box seats to the Lakers game against the Difference Nuggets in 2018, first year with LeBron James. Um, and I think I said this on a podcast before, but this, this I felt like I was five years old at Disneyland going to the Staples Center. I see this on TV every day. I hear Stu Lance and, and, and I always forget his name, McDonald, uh, Bill McDonald, McDonald yep. uh, talk. And I, I see the cameras. I see this on 2K. The, you know, I see this. I'm here. I'm, I'm seeing the pictures I'm, I'm on the wall. We see, you see, who's that? Is that Magic Johnson? He just walked to the bathroom. What? Oh my goodness. I was, I was in a blissful moment. Um, and not only to see the Lakers play, but that was also the night Kobe Bryant was in attendance. They were given a celebration for Kobe. He was in attendance with Vanessa. In addition to that, Mayweather was there. It was a celebration. And I think that this has to be my favorite basketball moment because a part of me felt so ill and sick inside that I wasn't able to watch Kobe play live. But to still see him in the Staples Center was the best consolation prize I could possibly get because now I'm seeing two of the great players, LeBron James, as well as Kobe Bryant in the same arena. They hugged each other, um, all of that stuff in his suit. He had the bald hair and the beard. This was around the time um, when he was doing that um, short, right? He got that short um, when he got a Grammy for Yeah, Dear Basketball. So I think that's my my greatest basketball moment uh, as far as the NBA goes and the previous that I mentioned. But, yeah. Absolutely. That's amazing. Those are those are some great moments uh, all around and, and really helps you sort of relive the joy of of basketball as a sport and and sort of as more than a sport as really something that brings people together. Uh, I've shared on this podcast before. I've got the plaque behind me. Kobe Bryant's last game. I have no idea how I ended up there from Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. And uh, really, you know, aside from LeBron making the finals in 2007, that was special because I followed him since the beginning. And as you guys know, if you're a Kobe fan, you you had to be – people said you were a LeBron hater, essentially. And so for yeah. me, that was always a moment where, no, like it's, it's okay to appreciate the greatness of both. If there's anything we learn from – Kobe passing away, it, it is to appreciate that greatness while it is around. And so, yeah, 2010, 2009, Kobe winning without Shaq, uh, very, very special stuff. And also hitting a nice turnaround fadeaway jumper in my rep league uh, in my Kobe jersey, yelling Kobe on the driveway, hitting those shots, 21 with the guys. And again, it's, it's, there's just something about it. And I'm, I'm not sure basketball can ever leave you. And, you know, it plays such a large role in so many areas, which really brings me to our final sort of podcast related question before we go over a little bit of basketball roundtable stuff here. So what do you guys feel that the larger role basketball and even this podcast can play in society? I mean, very simply put, it brings people together because without basketball and without this podcast by extension, the four of us wouldn't be together in some form, right? And if basketball has the power to do that for four people, imagine how many, how many other people it's impacted. Four million? 40 million? 400 million? And so basketball is just it's a lot larger than putting a ball in a hoop you've seen it with the social justice stuff that they've done over the summer over the past year just having all those different facets together and bring all people from all different walks of life together i think that's the power that's the larger role basketball has and conversely this podcast because like i mentioned all four of us we came together through basketball and if you know five, 10 people come together and listen to this podcast, that's because of basketball. And it's just the overarching thing. It's w basketball and this podcast. We're bringing people together. And that's, 
At least that's what I feel. I, I agreed with what a lot of Jared said. Basketball is one of the most creative games out there. Besides soccer, I think, you know, even 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 then, I think basketball is, is probably, in my opinion, one of the most creative games that, that's ever been created. I think basketball... As a as a its role in society is to provide a creative expression that you know that could not be expressed anywhere because let's be honest, uh, you, you don't find the same creativity in other sports like football or and especially baseball and hockey. You just don't. I think basketball pr- is that unique of a sport that like it provides a space for people to express who, who they truly are. And the other thing is just like I want to be honest. Like life can be a hard and, and, and cruel place and basketball and this podcast simply provide an escape for the hardships of daily life and the boredom of it, the boredom of it all. So, I mean, if we can provide an, like an hour break for that individual to, you know, just turn off life for one moment, that's then that, then we did our job. So that's how I see things. Um, big facts agree with what both of you guys have said. And just as I mentioned before, um, it's it's an outlet. Jared said it's, it's community. Um, we, we think about it. Anybody could pick up a ball. We've seen, I don't know, countless ugly shots. There's people just throwing bricks. Keep shooting with us, guys. But we appreciate it. But, um, yeah, like I said, it's an, it's an outlet. It's it's a part of a community. Um, so much fun within it. It's, it's a beautiful sport. Um, when it comes to society, there's so many things that it does. Um, we see what it has done over this past year as far as bringing awareness to certain situations, um, letting people be seen. That's crazy to think that people aren't being seen, but through basketball, they're being seen. LeBron James, he's more than an athlete. Why are you categorizing me as one thing? And that's the, that's the problem with, with people in a the society. They don't mm-hmm. think of the intersectionalities of mm-hmm. what people have, the multiple identities that we carry. You're a politician, but you you're, you're, you you consider yourself ethnicity or gender or your sexual orientation, whatever the case may be. Um, we see people bring into um, into the light a lot of situations that were put into the dark, and it's because of the sports platform of basketball that such things are being talked about a little bit more now. Well, there's more podcasts on on NBA uh, topics because uh, a lot of societal issues also affects these players that hold those identities. So. It's a it's a huge role on on society. Um, it's a it's a generational change for a lot of for any athlete, regardless of their ethnical background, um, because you can make a lot of money off of this, right? <laughs> so, basketball's role is on society is a, a huge impact. Um, this podcast on society is a is a huge impact as well. I'm not saying it's we're not going to compare impacts, but this is an escape to listen to us talk about sports and hopefully you guys are subscribed and following the Instagram and social media pages. Cause we want to plug that in there because we want to have those discussions with you. I don't care if you have a different opinion than I, I have, just keep it respectful and drop that bad boy in the comments. Uh, I'll talk to us. That's what we're here for. It's a round table discussion, much as what Skylar said earlier. Um, we're just all on the court shooting bricks. That's what you do with random people. Sometimes we can, Hey, can I shoot with you? Sometimes you have a little conversation. It's like a barbershop, but it's a basketball court. So, that's what this podcast has on society. So come shoot some bricks with us. I love it. I love it. No, those are those are really great answers all around, and uh, really brings out you know the the multi well the multifaceted aspect of of basketball of people of the fact that these basketball players aren't just basketball players and and that that's for all of us you know different different courses different paths we take that you know Kobe Bryant starts as a basketball player and goes and wins an Oscar we see LeBron James and all the things he'll go on to do after basketball and, and basketball is just such a vehicle uh, through which to learn and and being a part of that and hopefully having an impact and and making people smile the way it brings people together and that's a really really cool thing for sure and uh you know before we get into more basketball here you know yeah happy to to be a part of the journey and uh 50 so far many more coming up and it's it's good stuff all around keep tuning into the pod and uh hope you guys have so far enjoyed this interview podcast meta aspect of all of this to celebrate the 50th episode since we are doing things a little bit differently here uh we're gonna keep it we're gonna take it on to more current ish situations comparing history and let's start off now 
Steve Kerr had a very interesting quote. Guys, as we know, the legend Stephen Curry has been ripping it up. 49 points on Monday, uh, 10 plus threes multiple times, uh, what, four of his last seven games. And then he goes on a streak and breaks Kobe Bryant's streak of being the oldest player at 33 years old to score 30 points in 10 or more games. Steph has done it 11 times as of right now. Will he continue? We will have to see. But regardless, Steve Kerr had a great quote. This is Steph injecting himself into basketball history. And so Steve Kerr said, I've seen Kobe Bryant early in his career, had a stretch where he went nuts uh, via basketballnews.com. And Steph and Steve Kerr continued. And obviously Michael Jordan has had some stretches where he scored like crazy. But obviously, nobody's ever shot the ball like this in the history of the game. And even by Steph's own lofty standards, this is above and beyond. How do all of you contextualize Steph Curry's current scoring frenzy and shooting frenzy as of late? Well, it just further cements the idea. He's the greatest shooter of all time. Um, Mm -hmm. There's not not much I can say about that. Steph Curry has literally, you know, become and, and it just you know it just he, he has become this franchise see Steph Curry in a way not, not completely he's become the institution and I think you know what the scoring frenzy means is like you know the Warriors have to basically step it up because I mean you know like Steph needs help on that court and hopefully with Clay back I, I can see at least one more championship before Steph hangs up his sneakers I think I think the best way to contextualize everything that Steph Curry's doing is the fact that we just need to enjoy it. We've never seen anything like this, right? This is uncharted territory for everyone. And so I think the best thing we can do is just not compare, not compare him to Kobe, to Michael, to all that. Just accept what's happening because we will never see anything like this again. Sure, Trey, Trey Young might do this, but he can also not. We're seeing it in real time. So Trey is a, is a ways away from doing this because he's, what, 20, 21, 22? Curry's in his, uh, apparently, twilight of his career. But let's just accept this for what it is. It's amazing. And let's just enjoy it while it's here because I'm, I'm of the group that thinks that he's going to be playing until he's 40. But realistically speaking, he may only have two three good years left. So let's just enjoy it and let's not bring him down. He is the greatest shooter of all time. Yes, but let's just accept it and enjoy it while it lasts. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you, Jared. I think Steph is entering another, uh, uh, satisfier <laughs> here. That's um, so there you go. There you go. Steph's here. Oh, I didn't even pronounce that right, but, uh, we always come up with <laughs> terms here and you love it. But, um, yeah, uh, unfortunately, the greats always going to get compared. But I, I totally agree. With, I, I totally agree with you. What you're saying, Jared. We got to enjoy it. Um, it's like taking a photo or having your phone out at a put like an event instead of just embracing. Um, what I wanted to point out here is this is the first time that we see Steph Curry carrying his team. Think about it. When he was just entering his prime, um, they ended up getting KD the year after. You know what I'm saying? They won the championship, but Curry never really carried a team on his own. Um, you know, he always had Clay as his running bait, but a uh, 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 running partner, whatever. But this is the first time. So you're showing how great he is. Um, he's breaking records here. He's the greatest shooter of all time. This is crazy. This is wild. Um, it's putting him up there. And if he can somehow get his team into the play-in tournament, this even solidifies more of how great he is as a player. Wow. Wow. Absolutely. You know, I think it's really interesting because exactly Kobe, Michael, Steph, they're all such different players. And it's just the the reason I think that it's compared is because we've seen Kobe go off. We've seen Michael go off. And the thing is you have to appreciate it all uniquely. You know, Kobe going off for, for 40 points a month, four separate times. Michael going off on his various scoring streaks throughout his career. But this three-point stroke and the dribbles behind the back and all of that, again, it's it's you could say the same type of thing about Kobe and Michael and their unique moves, and that's exactly what it is. 
It's unique. And so just enjoy the ride and enjoy this performance by Steph Curry because it's special. You're never going to see it again. And this is Steph Unplugged. This is Steph Unleashed. This is the chef cooking up a storm right now. Mm -hmm. And it's a beautiful thing to watch. So that is great. Uh, We already mentioned the man, Michael Jordan. And I think a nice way to, to close off this podcast and our love of basketball and basketball greatness Um, It's so hard to believe thinking about the pandemic and sort of how early on the last dance came out in the pandemic. Oh my God, we don't have sports. What are we going to do? And how it just created this moment in society. And it exploded on social media earlier this week that basically it was the one year anniversary, one year since the last dance. We've all been quarantined, Zoom meetings, all that stuff going on. Uh, NBA is back, which is nice, but the last dance I think will forever have a mark on basketball, on society, and on recreating a legend's legacy and bringing it into the modern era. And it might be something we see again, but never like we did with this and the way it was done. It, It got Michael Jordan to be the most current player talked about again. And so what I want to know from you guys here is two questions related to this. What is your favorite memory from the last dance one year later? And is Michael Jordan still the greatest basketball player of all time? So I'll go. Uh, And as you guys all know, I love old school hip hop and specifically 90s hip-hop and so the one thing that really stood out to me was the soundtrack specifically when they're playing i'm bad when michael jordan was torching the celtics for 63 points that was insane and also can i kick it when kobe and michael were in i think what was it madison square garden or i think it was that or the all-star game one of the two or both and everyone was just talking about how how to deal with kobe and all that stuff but just those two sharing the court at the same time, seeing that backstage backstage footage and having, you know, like a tribe called Quest bumping, can I kick it? It just, it's just something else, dude. Like it, there's such a feeling that is almost undescribable, indescribable when it comes to seeing that point. And to your next question, is Michael Jordan the greatest of all time? It depends on what context. Um, when it comes to basketball, I think he is overall. Overall, like the impact he's had on the game, his brand, and how his brand is arguably the biggest brand basketball offshoot of all time. I think that makes him the greatest. But I can see LeBron, if LeBron keeps doing what he's doing, he could potentially come close. But yeah, I like it. Thank you. My my favorite moment from the last dance was, you know, everyone loves a good story. And that, that moment for me was when Michael Jordan, I forgot what season was this, but I think it was very early on in his career where he, he, he hit the buzzer beater against the Cleveland Cavaliers. That to me is where the, the legend of Michael Jordan starts. And, and like, it was, it was that moment where like, where the you know the his moniker of the goat was truly born, and on other parts of the last dance, I really really enjoyed, and it's this is also up there with that is like the whole drama between Michael Jordan and and Jerry Reinsdorf and the Bulls ownership. It just it's it was kind of just interesting how much tension there was between Michael Jordan and the owners because that documentary made the Chicago Bulls ownership look completely. F- terrible and is like but then again like you're still left with it you're just still left unsure about it because you don't know because the last dance was completely from michael jordan's perspective so that question will not be fully answered but as far as is michael jordan the goat like what jared said because of his impact because remember going into the 90s yes basketball did have a, a big presence in pockets of the globe, but I would not consider it. I would not consider it to be global until Michael Jordan fully came on the scene. Bert, as the saying goes, Bird and Magic, they saved the NBA. Jordan globalized it, and that's because of that impact alone. And his impact has, you know, created literally a whole subset culture of sneaker addicts. So, be, 
the the impact and his and his the 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 fact that he three peated not just once but twice should be acknowledged. <laughs> I I will however I will however say this. I will however say this. I think by the time LeBron's career is done, the com- the conversation is going to get a whole lot more complicated because LeBron will have his contributions off the floor as well. Wow. So yeah, I think Michael Jordan is the greatest of all time, but in, in, in a couple years' time, that question could be much more confusing. Um, I try to take a lot of the points that you guys are saying because you guys are making uh, excellent points here. Um, I'm going I'm to take a macro lens on my greatest, my favorite memory from the last dance. I don't have a, a specific one, but I think it's the overall impact it had during the time. It, it's kind of yeah. like your story with uh, Space Jam, Skyler. Like, there was so much that went into it that makes it such a great movie for you. And I feel like this, the last dance, the, the timing... The memes, I, the memes might have to be one of oh, my favorite because I still, I still use, you know, Michael Jordan looking at the screen like Isaiah Thomas beef. There was oh. so, and then touching up on what Daniel said, the story. There was so much beef going on. There was uh, people Isaiah Thomas tweeting about it, Joe Dumars, like all types of stuff going on. Um, outside of the Last Dance, they there was they, this. I think this was we talk about community a lot, and I think the Last Dance brought so much of a community on social media. We were talking about it every week. I was making, uh, I have these, these LED lights in my room. I would have the red light setting on because, you know, the bulls and I'll turn it on, like sit, sit down, give them popcorn. Like it was, it was an event. So that whole aspect of it, like I, I hope that we get some more um, documentaries uh, like that, you know, praying for a Kobe one because that was amazing. So overall, everything, even what Jared said, the songs, the songs were on point. The soundtrack was on point. It's, it's, it was a cultural thing. Um, it, it, the Last Dance is a culture. Like, you know, uh, Michael Jordan is a culture um, in himself. But to answer the question, I'm going to have to say yes. Michael Jordan is the greatest of all time, not only because of you guys keep saying the impact outside of basketball and globalizing it, but his impact within basketball. That's, that's what's making him the greatest of all time. Excuse me for a second. That's what's making him the greatest of all time. This this guy, uh, this guy, Michael Jordan. Once he shaved his head off, uh, his hair off, he became this this icon with on the hardwood. You know what I'm saying? Not only on the offensive end, but the defensive end. We talk about two way players. We talk about two way players. Michael Jordan is the ultimate two way player, defensive player of the year, all defensive team, but could also drop thirty on your point uh, on your on thirty points on your, on your head. Um, he was consistent. Michael Jordan is one, probably one of the most consistent players. Think about it. Bro, average, he's he's tied with Wilt Chamberlain, 30.1 points for career average in points, but never scored over 69. Nice. nice. 69 points. You know what I'm saying? He never scored 100. He never scored 70. We look at Wilt Chamberlain. Wilt Chamberlain averaged 50 points one season. So for Michael Jordan to tie Wilt Chamberlain, or if a kid, correct me if I'm wrong, he is leading uh, the uh, as an all-time score by fractions by fractions you feel what i'm saying and he didn't average i mean he was putting up numbers bro 37 points a game one season 35 one season but not only is he the focal point of your offense but he's out there guarding the best player and that's why i i have to say he's the greatest because it wasn't just offense we see great offensive players shout out to steph curry shout out to kevin durant but how often is that number one offensive player the number one defender in the league and I know Kawhi, uh, but it's not, it's not the same. It's not the same. So I have to say Michael Jordan is the greatest of all time when it comes to on that hardwood. And I agree with you guys. His, his impact, and it's still lasting today, he's up there. But it's going to come a time where we're going to have to make a Mount Rushmore of goats because there's so many amazing players in, in this league that does so many amazing things. Shout out to Kobe Bryant. Shout out to LeBron James. Shout out to Kev- Kevin Durant. Shout out to Steph Curry. And shout out to Eddie, other all these other players that I may be uh, – not mentioning uh, Russell Westbrook. I'm going to say him because KD failed to say that he hey. was one of the best uh, teammates that he had. Weirdo, weirdo, weirdo. Anyways, but to answer weirdo it, alert. <laughs> long answer short, uh, Michael MJ, number 23, is the greatest of all time. And wow. Really quickly, let me let me add something here. So I read somewhere that after the last dance premiered, ESPN had 500 plus hours worth of content locked up in a vault and they only used what 10 hours right correct me if i'm wrong because the each part of the last dance was an hour long right yeah yeah so they have 490 plus hours of content sitting in a vault somewhere release the other footage espn you cowards knowing that knowing the 500 hours is still there i took that personally dude 
<laughs> uh, shout out to MJ. <laughs> oh I was God. waiting for someone to get that. Endless <laughs> memes, endless memes. Uh, the, the laughing meme when he hears LeBron call himself the greatest of all time, which uh, might lead into a little bit of my take here. First of all, absolutely love LBJ, LeBron James, Washington since I was 10 years old, his entire career, straight out of high school, watched him grow up, watched him go through this. Uh, um, We'll get into that in a sec. My favorite moment from the last dance, you know, since it's obviously going to be the Kobe Bryant interview in the last dance, how close that was hearing him, the big brother. And the fact that right months before that, we heard MJ speak about Kobe being his little brother. And the fact like the timing is just too crazy. It was, that was what was amazing for me in certain respects is that Kobe's memorial was like MJ's coming out party and, and and standing in front of two Kobe's jerseys. And so for me, that that moment was very full circle. My favorite moment in the last dance that did not involve the man, the myth, the legend, Kobe Bryant, was actually at the end of episode six when um, it was Michael and it was showing all of his teammates' victories and him saying, some people might think I'm a tyrant. Some people might think this, but I just wanted to win. And it's showing all the joy and success that he brought his teammates and the best moments of their lives. And he literally starts crying at the end, talking about, and you could feel that he was hurt what people thought of him. He was hurt that he had hurt others, but it was just that desire to win that, that, that was so unique to him. That was unhealthy. That was, and, and that's what makes people like that so interesting. And that's what made The Last Dance so, so compelling. And Michael Jordan, such a compelling individual outside of sport. But, but that moment still gives me chills. The music, the teammates running, the successes, and, and just knowing how much it meant to him. And, and with the tears, you've almost never seen anything mean that much to anyone. I mean, and that's what made Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan. And the thing about Michael Jordan being, in my opinion, the greatest of all time is that he, he did repeat twice. He did retire from the game of basketball. He did not leave the Chicago Bulls, um, you know, until he went to the Wizards. But we all like to sort of, you know, let's just say Forget they didn't it. include the Wizards Forget in the last about it. It, it. It doesn't factor into the championship greatest of all time era. You know, it's, it's sort of like Kobe's post Achilles years. The fact that he was playing was remarkable. And then that 60 point game just added to it, you know, but, but with Jordan, it's sort of everything before that. And to me to go undefeated in the finals and retire from the game and come back and have to work your body back into shape as we saw Tim. There's no statistic for that. There's no statistic for the fact that the only other true offensive weapon Jordan had was Scottie Pippen, and he had to operate in that way. It wasn't multi, you know, it wasn't multiple offensive juggernauts like that. And so for me to have no losses in the final look, you know, I think LeBron might end up winning six titles because I've called a three-peat on this show. I think that he very well, very well, could end up as the all-time leading scorer. But regardless, they're, the spacing on the floor with multiple Hall of Famers and, and all of that within the game of basketball, he will always be on, as G said, the Mount Rushmore of GOATs. But it's going to be difficult for him to eclipse the near perfection of Michael Jordan's basketball career and what he did once he shaved that head of his, and even the stuff before. So it, it's pretty incredible. On my end, you know, um, I really appreciate the opportunity to, to host today, to get to interview you guys. Um, this was great. Everybody tune into the pod. Keep tuning in. And uh, anyways, man, that, that, I would say that ends my uh, tenure as host here for today. So, Jared, I'm going to let you start off the closing outros here. Yeah. And, you know, subscribe. G mentioned it a few times. But yeah, don't forget to subscribe to the Shooting Bricks podcast and leave a review on your platform of choice. It really helps us out. Some people have already done so and they've been showing me pictures of their subscription, their review. Fantastic work, you guys. I love you guys to death. Appreciate everything you guys do. It Whatever you guys do, it helps us out immensely. So please keep doing what you're doing. Like I said, I can't say this enough. It really helps us out. And lastly, 
make sure to follow us on at Podcast Bricks on Twitter, at Shooting Bricks Podcast on Instagram, and surprise, at the Shooting Bricks Podcast on YouTube because this is going up on YouTube. So by the time you guys are listening to this, this is already up on YouTube. So look up the Shooting Bricks Podcast on YouTube or look at one of our socials. We'll probably have something there. Look at our link tree. And yeah, you can follow all three of those platforms for all the news and the video of this episode and future episodes of the Shooting Bricks podcast. And as always, I'm Jerry Casillo. George Floyd, your member, your contributions will never be forgotten. Justice was, even though justice was served, the, the fight is far from over. Black Lives Matter. Uh, this is Daniel. Uh, this is Daniel on the mic here. Uh, Skylar, thank you for hosting and joining me as well. And big shout out to all of those that participated in our sweepstakes to be a special guest on the best podcast out there, the Shoot and Bricks podcast. Can I get a drum roll, please, for that winner after I spin this wheel? Who will Let's it go, be? baby. Yeah. Big yeah. shout out to Young Duck. Let's go, baby. Woo. Big shout out to Young Duck. Congrats on hey. winning. If you didn't know, now you know, Young Duck, you're going to be a special guest on the Shooting Bricks podcast. Of course, go ahead and put this in your story so you guys get a shout out. Listen to us. Shout us out so we can shout you guys out on the podcast. Of course, it's your boy, Relly Rail, Jarrell said. Yo, what up? This is Skylar. Uh, lots of fun getting to host today and uh, interview everyone about the podcast. And yeah, keep tuning in subscribe and uh as george floyd's daughter said you know daddy changed the world and truly you know that just really opened up a lot of people who who needed to be uh opened up i'm I'm lucky to have been listening and paying attention for a long time but as we always you know black lives matter and stop asian hate and let's all just uh show each other as much love as we can in this crazy world and shout out to The Last Dance for just being an epic time. I can't believe it was a year ago. And shout out to this episode and the Shooting Bricks podcast for region number 50. Absolutely. Thanks again to everyone. Thanks to Skylar for hosting this episode. And with that being said, we will see all of you guys next week. <laughs>